Hello, regulars. You're listening to Floor by Floor, a Tower of God podcast discussing the latest chapters of the webtoon. I'm Viralane. And I'm Reziat. And we're your hosts. Welcome to the fourth floor, where we'll be discussing Chapter 569, or Season 3, Episode 152. Now for last week's recap. Ren offers to help Endorsey and Lilial find Baum because he has accepted that Baum is strong and a necessary asset for the war. He voices his support for the marriage and almost gets squished, but Endorsey and Lilial finally accept his help to find Baum. The Strand Snake tells its story about how it came to be, how Traumarai trapped it, and how it fell in love with Laura. Laura came to it for help to make her child strong, and since it was unborn, the only way it could help was through copulating. <laughs> yeah. Traumarai made sure it happened by watching over. Yeah. Yep, he did. He did do that thing. <laughs> Just like before. <clears throat> and Dorsey, Lilial, and Ren arrive via Bong Bong and overhear the conversation. The snake goes on to say that since Lilial was born normal, he gave pieces of itself to Laura until Laura stopped coming one day. It later heard that Lilial had become a princess. Lilial is outraged, bursts into the room, and orders Bomb to kill the snake. The snake flees down the hall in search of Laura. Bomb urges Lilial to help stop the snake, but she's having a breakdown. She says that she wants to give up on everything and then gets a message in her pocket asking if they can have it all. She figures out who it's from and runs down the hall. Shilial steps down in front of the snake's path and introduces herself as its possible daughter. The snake stops in confusion. She goes on to explain that she's Lilial's twin who was born strong and believes herself to be the snake master's actual daughter. <sighs> the drama. Dun, dun, dun. The others catch up and Shilial recognizes Baum as a Slayer candidate. She introduces herself and tells them if her and Lilial do not do the family head's bidding, their and their mother's lives would be in danger. So she extends her hand to Baum and asks him to agree to the marriage. Baum says no. Annoyed, she asks Baum if he's a woman or a eunuch. And again, Baum answers with a firm no. Enough questioning the poor man. He just doesn't want to get married. He just wants to leave. He just wants to be alone. Nobody wants to. He just wants to get his friends and go home. And that's where last week's chapter ended. And so chapter 569 opens up with a little recap of the previous chapter. And then it goes into Kuhn and Rack following Dravi and Hemus who are running down the hall searching for Bomb. Kuhn asks them if they're with Princess Yuri and Dravi corrects them that she's not. She's from Fug, here to help Viol. Kuhn then says they're Bomb's allies, but Dravi isn't buying it. Kuhn keeps pushing by telling her not to be difficult and asks for her intentions. Of course, Kuhn would be worried about that. Dravi answers that she's been ordered to help Viol win, or in worst case, escape. Kuhn excitedly asks if she knows how to escape the battleship, but Dravi won't say. They then spot Ren the leech and follow his body. We do another POV change, back to Shilial and Lilial and the others. Shilial bites back after the rejection. She says she doesn't want to marry Bomb because she likes him, but before she can continue, Endorsey cuts in and tells her to stop and snarkily asks if it's her family's specialty to marry people they don't like. While they're arguing, Lilial snaps. She screams that she'll never accept her or her sister getting married. Shilial asks her if she expects them to rebel against the family head and have their whole family annihilated. Lilial answers, no, they'll just 
kill Bomb, who caused all this. She questions why Bomb is in the tower and calls him a devil and a monster and blames him for everything. We get a panel of sad Bomb here before Endorsey cuts in with a how dare you. But Lilio steps in and slaps Lilio across the face and shuts her up. Shilio tells Lilio to stop acting like a baby. The family has designated Bomb as their heir, and thus they can't just say they don't like him or do whatever they want. Bomb from the side comments on how he doesn't want to be the heir. It's like they keep forgetting about what he wants, but oh well. He tries, but then... Javi and the others catch up to them, and Kuhn shouts Bomb's name. Bomb immediately recognizes Kuhn's voice and shouts his name in racks. Wonderful reunion, except Kuhn gets angry or flabbergasted as he shouts, You're on the Lopo BF battleship. What happened? What are you doing here? What is happening? Why are all these people here that we haven't noticed yet? Because the only thing we're focused on is each other. And I think it's really cool how it's drawn. We get that deadpan look again from Bomb, which is this, the thick lines of him just standing there going like, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> So that's the end of that scene, and we wanted to bring up a couple of points. Once again, Bomb is getting called a monster. Again, by someone in the tower. That's like, what, the 10th time the entire series? Maybe like more or something, I don't know, I lost count. I find it really interesting that it's always the, specifically the word monster that's brought up referring to him. When he's always proven himself to really be anything but. Everyone just misunderstands him and doesn't even try to understand him. Gotta do your research, people. Just because you're rumored to be this unstoppable, powerful, evil slayer doesn't always mean that's actually true. Even horrifying, gruesome slayers have feelings too, right? <laughs> I mean, just look at White. Man's just misunderstood and had an insane breakdown started eating people. When he's really just a soft, hurt puppy on the inside. Yeah. Now he's just insane, but we don't know where he is. Just inside Vicente somewhere. Crying, most likely, but... You know, in a corner. <laughs> crying in a corner. Don't worry, I'm sure we'll get to see him again once he gets his powers back. Oh, he'll definitely be back. Yeah, I found it really cute that, like, Bomb just recognizes Kuhn simply by his voice. Kuhn hadn't even rounded the corner yet before shouting, Bomb! And Bomb's just like, that voice! You could always see the tail wagging. Almost. And with the three of them together, I feel like they'll definitely be getting out of here in one piece. Together? Who knows? At least in one piece. It's like a sigh of relief. You know, it's like, ah, finally, the team's back together. Only good things can happen from here. Or at least we hope. At least we hope. That would be good. And like Machete herself said, if you're meant to see each other again, you'll meet. And look, they did. Of course, never doubted them. <laughs> Something that cracks me up in this entire scene as well is just Ren the leech. Apparently his leech body is really long and she's stretching across the hallways or something. But he's just a leech right now because he's weak. And he's just sitting there and he's drawn in a couple of panels just kind of looking left and right between the people speaking. And I imagine he's just there with like a colon D face just going... What the hell am I hearing? What am I watching? What is happening? All this juicy gossip and why am I here? <laughs> you think they'll turn him into a temporary ally? They have to. They're not going to kill him. Oh, for sure. <laughs> They're not going to step on him. <laughs> There's too much body to step on at this point. But 
they can't just abandon him either. That's not in Bomb's M.O. And he'll definitely want to get out of there before Traumarai shows up. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure we're ramping up to him suddenly showing up. I mean, Laura's supposed to die in one way or another. Who knows if that's literally or figuratively. And at this point, it seems like the plot's just progressing to where we're going to have to see Laura in order to get more information and where to go from there. There's no way that we're just going to like pivot away elsewhere, are we? It seems like everything has kind of been going according to his plan with Shalil and Lily all finding out the truth and having their own form of test of testing their loyalty by seeing if they'll execute the plan or not. So at some point, they're going to find Laura and everyone's going to come together and there's going to be some more truth spilled. What is he waiting for? He's got to be aware of something going on. It's a common theory right now that the reason the Snake Master was sent in the first place, and Laura was captured as well, is because Traumarai is aware that Robodon is likely planning the revolt against the family. And so this is just to lure him out and all of his agents and probably, you know, give him some consequences by killing his granddaughter and whatnot, and possibly, you know, his great-granddaughters, in order to quash that and perhaps make an example to the rest of the family, considering that they're on the brink of a war and he can't afford any sort of internal conflicts going on at this time. Strategically, that sounds like the best direction that he might be going. But you never know with CU what kind of curveball he's going to throw at us. So we'll see. And there's potential for loads of curveballs here. Another thing that was mentioned in this particular first section of the chapter, and it's something that might end up being irrelevant, but I've got some interest in the fact that Lilial has brought up mention of her and Shalil's team twice within the last 25 chapters. Specifically, when Lilial first sees Shalil here in the hallway, she always asks her, like, what are you doing here? What about our team? And way back at the name hunt station, Specifically, Season 2, Chapter 220, it was revealed that Shilil and Lilial were both working with Kun Masheni Jihad, and subsequently were going to meet with Kun Maria Jihad. As a result, there's some funsy speculation nowadays, or at least on Twitter over the last 24 hours, that uh, we may get more information about Maria before the twins exit the current plot. Finally, that would be so great. Anything... Anything. Especially with people saying that the Kuhn family arc would be next. That would be insane. That might be an interesting bridge. And with Kuhn and Rock showing up too, I mean, they'll probably end up getting dragged back to the Popadao battleship. And so we'll have that Bomb and Rachel reunion coming up too. There's that high possibility that they're probably going to end up being forced to work together in one way or another. Much to their annoyance. It would be hilarious to watch. But I think perhaps, yeah, the princess arc might be ramping up for real. What with that particular point about Maria potentially being mentioned in the future, considering Shalil and Lilil's history and what we know of them from way back when in season two. That and Yuri having broken her probation in order to come find Bomb. Does this mean that she can't go back anymore? That she could lose her position as princess? There runs the risk that she may end up being 
you know, put under Fug's protection to protect her because, you know, breaking your oath as a princess and whatnot is like instant death. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some consequences, ones that even she's willing to throw away for Bob, but it could be anything from like a slap on the wrist to death, like you said. And I feel like she's already exhausted the slap on the wrist option. But it's also Yuri, and people know that she's already a little wild, so. Indeed. She's extremely strong, too. How do you retrain a princess to be a princess? That's going to be what they're facing. Especially Yurin's granddaughter. And Yurin is already known to be just as crazy and hot-headed as Yuri is. Just headstrong, charging in, which we'll see more of later. Because just as Kuhn decides to start shouting at Bomb, trying to find out what the heck just happened and why is he here... We get a POV switch to Jam Jam and Matt. Missiles are flying and lasers are firing, but Jam Jam sees that it's not hurting Matt at all. Matt points out that Jam Jam looks anxious, and Jam Jam confirms it internally because no backup has come, and he can't report to the family head directly for help. Matt, unable to stall any longer under the barrage of attacks, decides to use his spear which was gifted to him by Gustang. Jam Jam is shocked. He really believed it was just for ceremony and feels betrayed. Matt ignites his spear as Jam Jam fires more missiles, but the counter is moot. Jam Jam is blasted through the torso and his wings disintegrate. Matt, in what is barely a speedo of clothes left, says a cool last line. He'll have to apologize to the hotel guests because there will be more mosquitoes in the summer. If you didn't know, dragonflies eat mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, they hunt them down. So it's a really silly joke. It always cracks me up that it seems like the fate of all clothing in this tower is just to be shredded. You know if this was a different rating, there would be nothing left. But alas, we get a Speedo. A very plainly colored Speedo. <laughs> That's good enough for me, because I don't know if anyone wants to see a concrete... Um, yeah. <laughs> there could be different angles so that you don't have to see it. <laughs> Place the spear in the right position and you won't have much to worry about. Strategically place like wind and chat bubbles and sound effects. There you go. Although this fight was really cool to look at. And it's just interesting to, you know, have gotten that tidbit about the different type of Shinsu body reinforcement and whatnot. I feel like this particular fight here is kind of interjected strangely. Like it's kind of a, out of place. Like, it slows down the story a bit. Yeah, it definitely feels like we were saying he was a means to get them inside. And then, I guess, a means for delivering that bit of information. And then we just wrapped it up in a nice little package and placed it aside. Part of me is grateful that Siu, you know, pays attention to all of his characters and always tries to give them all gracious exits. But it's also like, I want to know what's happening elsewhere because there's three other POVs that are all having to do within and around the hotel as well that are a little more critical than this but alas suppose that's why he wrapped it up then as quickly as he did yeah poor Jam Jam though he was just trying to do his job yeah he got left out dude they just abandoned him I wonder if he was running that hotel you know was he running it well or <laughs> did they have some complaints I mean, Traumarai seems satisfied with him and him being able to like speak and work with Traumarai himself directly. That's a high honor, I would say. 
Yeah, but now they have to train a new director for the hotel and all that fun. That's not going to be easy to do. If there's a hotel left, considering there's snakes all along the top floor just destroying it, and a bomb just went off on one of the lower floors, who knows? That's true. <laughs> yeah, in that case, there wasn't a job left for him. <laughs> not at all. And seriously, we're going to be left without a top floor, considering Yuri and Tiara are still fighting. Yeah, so the story cuts back over to them. Yuri is shocked that Tiara's book can work against the rules of the tower by allowing someone to use more Shinsu than the fixed amount granted to them. At least that's what she's figured out the way that the book works. Yuri dodges that four-point attack and counters, but she still gets nicked in the neck and is bleeding. Tiara, on the other hand, is hit by the Green April's attack, but her Shinsu body reforms without taking any damage. Yuri quickly assesses that the speed and power of the attack was much weaker than her own, but it's still all being done with that book, so she has to get rid of it. In usual Yuri fashion, her plan is to charge in. Without a plan... She has a plan. It's called Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> she might have chicken, we don't know. We get a lot of spectacular panels of Yuri dodging lasers and getting so close, and her clothes is just getting damaged along the way, just like every other person in the tower, it seems. But Tiara doesn't seem concerned at all as she comments on what poor imagination Yuri has. We know that she gets really close, but the chapter ends right there. We don't know if Yuri gets to land a hit or not. Yuri's got something on her sleeve. Because before she decided to charge in, she tied the green April to the reel on her arms inventory. So she's probably going to charge in and then probably swing it somehow. Who knows? But Yuri's basically fixated on the book. And that kind of makes me wonder whether it's the actual book that makes it happen or if it's the quill in Tiara's hand. Or maybe it's a combination of both. We'll find out, but not this week. Maybe next week. I would assume so. I think we're down now to two POV changes. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure TR and Yuri's fight's going to conclude, like, next week for sure. They left it off at a really good spot. Yeah, and we know Yuri's got her plan. I do find it interesting that she mentions the Tower Laws again, though. Well, or that there's a mention of the Tower Laws again. Because back in the Cat Tower, there was mention by Lopobia Yorayo. The green dude that fought white with all the hands, you know, <laughs> if you don't remember him, that the workshop was not only trying to break tower rules through experiments on sentient beings, but with objects, too. And seeing as Gustang has his hands in the workshop pies, Tiara's book is probably a successful experiment gifted to her by Gustang and one of the real legitimate objects that can break the tower's laws just like an irregular can. So the workshop has definitely made a bunch of advances. And we have gotten a lot of preview to other workshop weapons that break the laws. So it's definitely a good solid theory that this is one of them too. I'm excited to see what more it can do. But at the same time, I'm ready for it to get slapped out of her hands. So Yuri can hurry up and go meet Bomb. <laughs> yeah, I want to see how that reunion is going to be. She's probably going to squeeze him to death again. Or freak out in fangirl fashion because Bomb is well he's older stronger he's more built you've seen how he's been drawn now that dude is just chiseled now absolutely and we know that her intentions are not pure <laughs> <laughs> she might be too shy to go up and hug him now he's not a little baby or it would be cute if he engaged the hug instead well that would be adorable but 
Alas, we do not know. We'll find out soon. But that concludes the chapter for this week. So as for next week and going forward, where do you think we're going? Good question. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're definitely going to find Laura, but how that's going to go, how people are going to react, I haven't a clue because there's so many different ways that that can go. I feel like either they end up having to deal with Shilil and Lilial and the Snake Master as they scramble to go find the door Laura is hidden behind. Because if you remember, Bomb hid her location and he's the only one that knows where it is. Or they'll all move as a group together and we move towards some more lore dump as to what the heck is going on in regards to the snake itself, Lilial and Shilil's questionable parentage, and maybe some info dump on Endorsey regarding her history with strand snakes, namely the snake charmer. I know I keep going on about that, but there's still more to that for sure. Or at least finding out, you know, that... Lilial and Endorsey essentially had similar origins despite their different social castes at birth. Or, if anything, that that kind of information gets left as context for us readers to put together. I still want to know what's happening with Jinsung and Cha and their Lopo Biamol. I think we're probably going to get a little bit of that in the next chapter, but not very much because I feel like so far everything has been working on a timeline. And not until they're all kind of moving towards getting ready to leave are we going to really catch up to the Jinxong and Jaw storyline unless it's a trap <laughs> a trap <gasps> which is not unexpected then they have to save Jinxong and Cha again that would be funny but I feel like potentially maybe Fug is behind the whole mole thing and is working directly with the Lopobia and Dravi is the key for everybody on the first floor to meet up with that and unify those two plot points. That would make too much sense. I guess. It's too logical. <laughs> but what if logic actually sound? Well, who knows? We'll find out next week. I mean, for all we know, they might not actually get off this ship and end up going from one ship to another one. And that's a whole other can of worms. Well, I'd be okay if that gets put off a little longer finding out what's going on with the mole and their escape because there's a lot going on immediately in a hotel and splitting it up into pov whiplash kind of like the cat tower is kind of not that great to keep track of it's a lot of stuff going on and you forget things week by week and then it just kind of ends up becoming spaghetti hopefully cu avoids that we'd like to touch on one last thing here before ending the episode for this week If you're not keen on drama or the goings-on and what's going on on Twitter, or you haven't really heard anything about the translation drama stemming from last week's chapter, uh, you can listen in. If you don't care for it, feel free to move on, and thank you for joining us. Here's what's happened so far since the translation issues from Cosmic Scans. They issued an apology on this week's episode, which unfortunately was not well received by the fandom because it was very passive-aggressive, but it looks like by the next day, they took it down. So they still put out their translation. It was a couple of hours later in the day, so we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Maybe a team switch or downsizing. We don't know, but it looks like they're just going to continue doing their own thing and fans are just going to have to look for another place if they really feel strongly about it. They did make an attempt this week in changing the bubble, 
I can't say it's any better, but that's personal opinion, of course. Attempts were made. If people want to continue to dig into it or let it go, that's up to them. But that's all for now. Thanks for joining us, regulars. We'll see you on the next floor. Goodbye. Have a good one.